And welcome everyone to Thunderdome Metal Reviews, your church of heavy metal. I am the Reverend Ben Lindsay, and with me as always are the Dr. David Pizzo and the chicken slaughterer himself, Tracy Newport. My brothers, my comrades, how are you? Mutter. Doing pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Now's the time on Sprockets when we dance. Indeed. <laughs> I'm pumped. We're doing Rammstein again, which is something I sort of tricked you all into agreeing to. I'm like, hey, we should listen to a bunch of shit that you only sort of understand that's psychologically disturbing and <laughs> will alter your consciousness without you understanding why. I'm also very excited that Tracy's going to play the game. What is this song about? Yes, indeed. Always a willing participant. Even so that's right. <laughs> we are doing their third studio album, Mutter, released on April 2nd of 2001, with a runtime of 45 minutes. And uh, my writing got all kind of sprawled out there. So I'm going to say four seconds. Yeah, in terms of who is on this album, uh, their lineup does not really change over the arc of their life. Uh, it's Till Lindemann on vocals, uh, Richard Kospa on electric guitar, Paul Landers on electric guitar as well, uh, Oliver Riedel on bass, uh, Christoph, quotation marks, Doom Schneider drums, uh, Christian, quotation marks, Flake Lorenz keyboards. Uh, there was also some guest musicians, Bobo. I don't know much about Bobo. Background vocals uh, on Nebel. Kira Lee Lindemann uh, did vocals on whatever seven is, that Spiel or I believe. Uh, and then we've got uh, the Deutsches Film Orchester Babelsberg. So there's some orchestral work by the Babelsberg Philharmonic, because of course there fucking is. Uh, and finally, uh, Ulf uh, Kuchenberg was the engineer on this album. Uh, and Daniel and Gail Fuchs did the really fucked up Dead Fetus cover that the cover photography that probably would not fly in the US if people thought it through, but Germany. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. This is that's Rammstein being Rammstein. That's a it was recorded in France. I always thought it was just a kid face. I'm just gonna put that out oh, there. Oh no, no, nope. He's that that child is dead, Tracy. Like your <laughs> like your dreams. That's probably yeah. what you didn't notice. It's funny oh, because joyful. I didn't so that's... remember the album cover for this album, and I think mm -hmm. that's why. Um, I I don't think I had this album. I know I listened. I had heard a lot of the tracks off of it, but I don't guess I ever had a physical copy. And I'm betting that in a lot of places here in the U.S., probably including where you guys are at now and where I'm from, that if it was sold, it was sold with a black covering over it. Oh, so I'm sure. See the cover. Duct tape and just a trash bag. Yeah, it's, just, it's in. It's already in the trash at Walmart. Uh, I did have this album because I'm a huge fucking dork, and uh, I think I had this shipped from Germany. I was that like into the shit in terms of like watching them or when their stuff came out and having it shipped over here. There also used to be more of a lag time between when stuff would come out there and here, but that had. That gap had closed. Anyway, so I did have this album. I knew it was a dead baby because Rammstein is who they are as people. And I listened to the living fuck out of this album. 
like i because i had already i'd been on the ride since album number one and it just they just came harder and harder and harder uh i don't think i needed vin diesel and triple x to like it more but that that also happened they made it did they made so many videos from this album it's (laughs) ridiculous yeah tracy i want to hear about your vin diesel based understanding so actually probably the set my second or third introduction to a ramstein song was so it was Ingle and Duhas were the first two. The more combat you can improve and how high you can say thank you for those two. Thanks, how high. And the third one was Muta. And this Muta. one Ben may realize, remember what I'm talking about. He may have participated in these back in the day. But back in the oh, back in the day. Early back in the eighteen hundreds. Like, or back in the early two thousands, mm. you know, when this album first came around, this time this album came out. And GeoCities web pages were a thing. Me <laughs> and both my brothers participated in a E Federation wrestling role playing thing, where you'd go on there wow. and you'd be put in proverbial matches against another person. And then over the course of the week, you and the other person would get on there, and who could talk the best shit would determine who won. I never participated in them, but I was aware. And so, like. One of the guys I got put into the tag team with was this dude from England that's similar age as me. And so we became the personas of Kane and Undertaker. And he's like, our theme songs will be Muta from Ramstein. I was like, oh, I never heard that before. So I went and checked it out. So that's how I found out about Muta off this album. And so that's been in my back of my head since at least probably around release, 01. So... Um, for me, I mean, I think the first song that I heard off of it was the track that was released before the Triple X movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have a slightly Vin Diesel understanding of this too, even though I went much deeper on the tracks and what was in the movie. Although seeing them in the movie doing a live performance was pretty badass since I haven't actually gotten to see them live. Well, that was a badass scene in there. Mm -hmm. Wearing the fire mask. Yep. Have you seen them live, David? I have. A couple Do times. they wear the fire mask live as well? There's all kinds of shit on fire and exploding. <laughs> it's a bit, it's where they are. It's really overwhelming. Yeah, it does. It absolutely depends on the venue. Oh, that reminds uh, me. I saw them with "fuck you, Marilyn Manson" and live. Who <laughs> live minute. literally said, "I'll never forget." They're like, "We don't really know why we're here on this tour." Like they were sort of confused. <laughs> I mean, it was sort of like I think Ben, you and I could be there for that, but it was a, bit yeah, of a totally. very, very weird combination because live was like, you know, I alone love you, and then Rammstein was firing flamethrower bazooka missile. Cannibals. What is weird is I can see them cheering with either Rammstein or Marilyn Manson separately. But Correct, the, the, but the all three fucks it up. <laughs> no, it was it was a bridge too far. Who was the third yeah. one? Manson live, Who's... you know, th- throwing copper. Ah, Tracy, you and your metal. It's not metal at all. It's alt rock. Now, who is the third van between Manson and Ramstein? Live. I don't even know who the fuck they are. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. To yeah, you that's right what now, we were brother. saying, dude. We get it. We're talking about old old people shit. By dude. old old people, everyone, I mean the 1990s. That was like a 94, 95 album. It was a must-have really must yeah. rotation. Yeah, it was like up there with Stone Temple Pilots. And... Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So the, the, our discussion just jogged my memory back when we were in Berlin, David. Uh-huh. You remember seeing all of the posters for, like, the Ramstein live concert that was going to be there, like, a, a month after we were there? Sure. So, and, like, they were fucking everywhere. 
I say next time, if you ever get to do a Berlin win troop again, or Berlin win program again, it's not a trip. It's a program. It's a program, dude. <laughs> but if you, ever, if you ever get to do a program again, you should look ahead in the future. So we see when Ramstein is doing a concert and make sure you make that one of the events that they go to. I don't want to assume the liability or the therapy potentially required <laughs> from subjecting a, a, a young innocent child of Ballard County to Spiel or, or Ryan Rouse, which, <laughs> uh, I mean. Yeah, dude, that would be too much chaos, emptying 25 undergrads into a fucking concert venue, a European concert venue that has tens of thousands of people. With open flame. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't. I, I feel like I need a long period of hardening before they can handle that. Like, now, that doesn't mean that you can't look ahead and see that and then let us know and we can meet you in Germany. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to my employer, obviously, this will be in my off hours. But yeah, I I would see the shit out of them again. And I'm sure now they play arenas that are like the fucking Olympia Stadion, which would be terrifyingly yeah. fucked up oh my god to see yeah. them in that because yeah. i saw them in a fairly large i think it was an old east german like free german youth concert venue <laughs> which which adds another layer of Deutschland. Mm, yeah, anyway i thought you were oh, gonna yeah. say Tempelhof, but no i saw ministry in Tempelhof <laughs> in like the fucking basement and it fucked me up i'm like what is happening like <laughs> i saw ministry down there and then uh a bunch of other shit we can talk about another time, like Korashi, which I'm sure no one remembers, an Icelandic band. That was a sure no. Sure I saw a bunch of weird ass shows in that Nazi ass airport, but that is a different podcast. <laughs> so I want Tracy. I want you to walk, walk and walk with me in hell and okay. go through these tracks and tell me what you think is happening. Alrighty, track number one, Mine Hus Brent, My Heart Breaks, My Heart Burns. That is. That was close. I'm going to give you a B plus for that. Uh, what do you think the song is about? <laughs> You've listened he got to scorned, it. Scorned by a lover. It's either that or it's about child abuse. I'm not 100% sure. It's all about dreams and it's riffing on Sandman, this mm. really weird puppet thing from East German that any East, and it's the video uses it like an evil version of him. Anybody who grew up in the DDR be like, oh shit, Sandman. Like, so it's a East German childhood nightmare factory festival. Oh, geez. You're yeah, welcome. The thing that made me think what I thought was because it's like, my pillow weeps or some shit like that oh yeah yeah yeah. no you're in the right you're in the neighborhood it just has to do with dreams and nightmares and mm. loss of sanity among you as a child which did occur to all three of us so all right how about link uh, i'm not gonna read it you lead it what do you what do you think of track two what's that for you tracy links is lied to i fear except it's foe it's the military so, too yeah and so um i actually looked at this up whenever you had us do our little report at the end of the program for Berlin. Uh, uh, so. And I used this as my song for the day or whatever section we're talking about. We went to the, it was the day before we went to Sachsenhausen and it's where we went to like the police station. Was it? Mm. And kind of like the song is against the like militaristic ideas of the third Reich or just kind of like anti-militaristic to begin with. And it's kind of in a sense of the, oh, 
parody of it. Like even in the music video, you see like the ants all marching to it. How wrong am I? No, you see what happens when you do research. You see what do you see what happens, Larry? Yeah, no, that is absolutely correct. Because you weren't guessing on mediocre German. Uh, yeah, it's this is uh, I th allegedly an attempt by them in part to deflect some of the criticism that they were Nazi-ish. And their aesthetic is problematic, but you could say that about much of the fashion industry. But, uh, you know, they're like, no, dipshits, we're like, we grew up in a left-wing political environment and are politically progressive. So this is uh, based on the Einheits, what is it, the Einheits Fontlied, which was written by Brecht. Not this uh, theatrical communist, and then it's like a 1930s song uh, that then got reincarnated in the DDR. So this is uh, this is going old school, sort of German left, uh, and you know, allegedly the video is about them defeating the beetle of fascism. There's like a whole. Uh, as he says, these army ants tearing apart, or whatever they, these ants tearing apart, these giant beetles, um, with their logo reworked to be two, like two hammers. <laughs> so, and the Tsvo, as I said, that's the German military counting, so you don't get two and three mixed up when you're fucking yelling and shit is exploding, or you're on a radio. Uh, gotcha. Right? They sound kind of similar. If you're like, <laughs> like if I call in the coordinates for the 88s to open up and that number is incorrect it could be a problem yeah true and not just for the soviets that i'm trying to slaughter in front <laughs> of me uh for me myself sitting here so um yeah you were th thanks research thanks study abroad all right next track <laughs> you did it zona i want to say uh, about a son but isn't sonin or i don't remember it's son no that's literally son and what do you think the song's about don't know. Don't know. I mean, um, yeah, I know. hit me, Ben. No, hit me. It's there about, well, it was originally written for Fiddly Klitschko, the heavyweight boxer. It was. Yeah, 100%. It's like an entrance song for this badass Ukrainian face mangler yeah. motherfucker. Uh, but it's got these also, to me, almost geopolitical overtones. There's some weird shit going on in that song. I know we're kind of talking about tracks right now, but why not? Um, it's uh, this sort of political Icarus type thing going on, I think. Because the thing is that it, it, you know, it rises, it overalls all, and then it falls. And I'm like, this is a weird entrance song for a buck. Yeah, I mean, uh, it felt very Eastern European to me uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, not only because uh, sure. Vitaly is Ukrainian, as you said, but um, just in the whole thing. So I, I just uh, attributed to that, but that could be I think there's a bunch of that on here. I think Mutter has overtones of that too. The sort of almost Russian sounding shit. But well, we'll, we'll thing. Uh, how about well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah no, I was just going to say that kind of makes sense though if they're pushing back on accusations of being far right that they would lean into the East Germanness of it all. Oh yeah, for sure. It makes total sense. And the idea of a giant just a bird-like monstrosity soaring into the heavens only to have a shit melt and hit the ground like that that is an experience germans are very very acquainted with right through multiple iterations of them doing that so they get when you're like you got big everyone was really amazed and you just you threw one punch too many friend 
Um, how about track four, Tracy? Ichville? You do, Will. So I will. I want. God damn. No, you're uh, close. I mean, these are nuances. I want. I don't know. <laughs> uh, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, the video for this one is super trippy. This like fucking crazy bank robbery thing. Have you seen any of the videos on this album? Sorry, uh, I've one. seen links. I think I've seen. I've of course seen the Triple X movie. I think I've seen Muta. Uh, I think that's it. I don't. I don't think I've watched any other videos. Yeah. Which one so- is it? I feel like it's one off this album that. What's the white? Like somebody's in like a full on like white, not a dress, but like a gown. Uh, they've made so many. <laughs> so, no, I don't. I haven't seen the music video for this. Yeah, it's yeah, it's about applause and fame, and this one's not as disturbing as some. Like, it's not as disturbing as what's coming up next. So, how about track six? What a nice song this sounds Fire like. Fire Fry? <laughs> no, no, oh, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Track like Fire Fry. What's that? It's Free Fire. It's, the fire is free for everyone who makes it before 7 p.m. Now, what do you, <laughs> what do you, think, what do, what do you think that's about? Um, I think it's probably similar to what we would probably use fire for effect in the military nowadays. That, that, is, that is accurate. <laughs> F- like, fire you're on well. target. Yeah, just blast the shit up. You know, uh, yeah. glimpses of... Uh, World War One, just artillery just raining down on every step of the fucking way. Again, this is this is something Germans are uh, linguistically and culturally familiar with. So, uh, yeah, you nailed that one. But you know, <clears throat> I feel like Uncle Sam prepared you for track for that song. How about track six? Uncle Sam did not prepare you for this. <laughs> Muta, and uh, it's a, a song about mommy issues and like, why don't you love me, mama? <laughs> That is 100% accurate in ways that uh, go far beyond your probably worst nightmares in that it is a human created in a lab who doesn't really have a real mother, per se, but then goes after his creator and kills her and fucking sinks her in a river. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, dude. It's like a Frankenstein. That's about to say. Yeah, it's Frankenstein. So, I mean, kind of, have you seen, there was a movie that came out a couple years ago on Netflix about a child that was born created in a lab and it was done by machines and like it called the one of the machines mama the whole time and you find out later on in the movie that like that child wasn't the only child that had been created and a couple of them had like ran away and left and one of them like actively worked against the robot and it's like if you would have left us alone you'd be fine but since you didn't we're going to kill you now kind of deal so oh I think it was on Netflix but anyways, mm, sounds like a wonderful time that we get to look forward to in the future in about 200 years. I mean, yeah, it may not take that long. And, and so it's just him in the river, like, rowing out to dump her, alternating between that and his imprisonment in a fucking hole. <laughs> Where I guess they've, he's, apparently that's how we're punishing people in this reality. It's just the hole, like Chewbacca was in, in uh, the Solo movie. Anyway, just you're in a hole. How about track seven? 
So spear ua. So yep. play hour or play time. You said play time. Yeah, play hour. It, I don't know what it stands for. I'm not even gonna try. I mean, I'm not even gonna try and guess what the song's about. But it has a very creepy intro of like. It does. Like this is what the image it gives me in a head that it's like a dude that's kidnapped a girl oh, has him in her basement and I'm about to have my way with you. And this is fun for me. That is not a bad guess because unfortunately <laughs> Rough China has explored that in the manner of Paradise Lost. Uh, this is music box or any sort of mechanical toy that I think this one's supposed to be a music box based on the sound that a dead child is holding. <laughs> so, mm, sorry, Tracy. Dead child on the ground with a music box is the right answer. Uh, how about track eight? Zwitter. I, I want to say it, it's what Twitter has become, but... Uh, it is, in fact, hermaphrodite. And it is about a sexually ambiguous uh, sex free-for-all, I guess I would say, where in which he announces he's in love with himself. <laughs> so it... Which, with what, what way Lindermont has performed or like in music and stuff, it's not surprising. It's not surprising. They're just, I mean, any of you, any of our listeners who have seen Cabaret know what goes on in this country. Um, how about track nine? It doesn't get less unfortunate. Rain or Ryan Rouse? Ryan uh, and Rouse, yes. I don't know. That's, I don't even know what it, that would be a rough rain and something else. No, I that means in and out. Oh. Uh, I'm just going to take a... Yeah. We're talking about sex. He fixes the cable. That's the answer. <laughs> um, so yes, it's, it's it's Jim Carrey, the cable guy? It is a very, very graphic description of the mechanics and the douchery of... I mean, it's a very... It is very hyper-masculine rendering of that that process. That's what I want to say. <laughs> Maybe not my favorite song. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Uh, so that's sort of the what I'm going to call the toxic masculinity uh, uh, gem hidden inside this album. But they just some of their songs are just like that, and it's it is what it is. So this one's adios, yeah, but bye. it's in German after that. So I don't know. Yeah, and I almost feel like this should have been the last track on the album, but anyway. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, that's bye. Goodbye. And then Fog is the last one. Nebo. Which is the only one that's like a, a sailor ballad. Which they seem to... Uh, most of their albums have at least one a face. I don't know why. It's just a thing they feel they need to do. Is uh, Sing of the Sea. Oh, what's that song? It shows them Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Zaymon? I mean, like, the first no, album it's... already had one of these. Uh, Rammstein is launching a boat out to find their beloved. I don't know. Let me see if I can find the actual name of it. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Is this their version? Is that their version of it? There's, it's just, it evokes sea chanties. You know, when they do ballads, they have this sort of either weird Brecht play or, you know, hamburgers going out to sea to die wailing sound to them. That's sort of what I'm hearing. Very 2021 in that way. Just right. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, you're going to die. So. Yeah. so just, you know, whore it up and get it over with and go die like a man fighting a whale or whatever it is you're going to be doing. So we, in some ways, cheated and talked about tracks. We should, I guess, back up and talk about the album as a whole. And I think Ben should say something because you and I were 
blathering like idiots for a good while. So, Ben, how do you feel about this album as a whole? As a whole, I feel it's weaker than the other two. I think it has some really great tracks on it, but they're once you get past Spitter, um, I I thought that the up until Meeble that the rest of it was really kind of just filler. I mean that the the opening and middle part is really strong, um, but man, they just kind of took a nosedive. Um. I agree with you that I think between Switzer and Nebel that this like so like Brian Rouse and Adios are two weak songs, but I mean that's only two songs on a album of what is it? Thirteen? Eleven yeah. tracks. So it's not a bad ratio of a Oh no, was, but I mean if we're comparing it to their other two albums, that's I mean and everybody it's allowed to have some filler. It's just, it's not as good as the two albums prior. I interestingly think it's better than them. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why, sitting here thinking about it. Uh, I guess part of it may have been just so much momentum it building in terms of how much I've been listening to this band. But I also think this is the album where they really nail some sort of style shifting and you know it's a little bit less straight industrial metal and getting into some of the symphonic bombastic Wagnerian shit and some of the later albums that go in some weird places that I think actually the albums the two albums after this I don't think are as good as this one so I, I will agree with you there because their use of keyboards and um, synthesizers on this album is really really good and it's it's uh, and I think we said this in talking about one of their earlier albums that they have the keyboards in not as an afterthought they're an integral part of the band sure. but it really expands the sound I think part of it too is there are a couple of riffs on here that I felt like were recycled from other songs not of sure. theirs because um, they're I think it's actually uh mine hearts but it, it is a ministry riff and then there's a sure and then there's i think a metallica riff later on in it so it was just little nitpicky things like that but i do agree with you that it solidifies who they are as artists and politically in a way that they hadn't really staked out in the, the two previous albums yeah i feel like them this is them at the peak of their powers even if i concur it tapers off a little bit ryan rouse is just you know blah, it's just problematic in a lot of ways sure. adios is meh and Nabel is to me the least annoying of their sea chanties <laughs> so like i'm not a really huge fan of any of those tracks but i often skip them this one no that's okay if this tells you something on my you know there is limited space on my admittedly much larger phone than i could have ever imagined back when I was listening to this album, but uh, 10 of 11 tracks of this are downloaded. Like, just 10 like of 11? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I really like this album a lot. Yeah. Um, I really like this album a lot. I think probably from start to Zwitter, it might be their strongest content they've done. Yeah. And then it does taper off their Ryan Rouse and Adios. Um, I agree that they kind of, they really start to solidify their sound in this album. Like, a, you have a Christmas to this album, a crisp to this album that I think is previously missing in the previous two albums. For sure. Also a Christmas that was sorely missing that resulted in us dead in a basement. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, this came out in 2001. It's just right in that shit time sandwich that was 2001. Oh, I don't I know it. Like, yeah, like I think the Eekville video dropped like the day after 9-11. So that was the end of that. And I'm pretty sure they're like, oh, well, perfect timing. Yeah, Rammstein doesn't seem to have quite taken the hit, but obviously German Germany was not as warped as us by that experience. Yeah. Um, blah. Uh, do we want to talk about tracks? On one level, we sort of did, but... Um, it sounds like we kind of all agree it's pretty strong up until around Spiel or its Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I will say, I think I, Mutter, it's either Mutter or Ingle are probably, is probably my favorite Ramstein song, period. Yeah, Mutter's fucking amazing. And Mutter it's got this great song. terrifying Mother Russia thing soaring over her dead children sound to it that, again, the Germans uh, heard at very close proximity due to their own poor choices. I mean, I also think Mein Heart's Brent is a great song. Ich will, uh, Fry to Fry, uh, Switter, uh, all of those are great. So It's just that last three that's like, uh. Oh, I, I ding it a little for that too. I mean, it's yeah. not a perfect album, so, but. Well, and I, I think Lynx and Sona are not great either. I mean, they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but compared to the songs that they're in between, they suffer a little bit there too. Sure. So shall we grade it? Let's grade this bitch. Let's do it. I'll go uh, first. Yeah, shoot. Go ahead. Save David to falling on grenade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to give it an A. It's really great album up until probably the last three tracks. And, but I don't think there's... They're okay. I've heard worse songs. And this preparation for this recording kind of deal so i mean yes i'll say that uh i'll give it an a give it a 95 i'm going to give it a 90 i think it's a really good album but there is some stuff that uh just did not comport with me yeah i'll, I'll take that though that's still uh that's a murray state a no totally i mean it, you know it's still a. Uh, it's still a really good album it's just what we're talking about what has been a couple of great albums and this is just not quite into the great for me sure sure, sure. um for me this is not to give it away because we have many more to review probably their strongest album uh it's not a perfect album but the end is a little bit weak i'm gonna give it a 97 so it's like an a a a slash a plus so we'll hire tracy um you know, they put out a lot of music. Um, this is probably the album, though, of theirs that I listen to the most. And I listen to the most of. Because the two albums after this, they're good, but their yield is lower, I think, in terms of, you know, songs I want to come back to. So, yeah, I've been listening to this dumb album for 20 years. I think those are... It is the, 20 years old now, fuck. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's a 20-year-old album. No, I think the two albums that follow this one are probably the two I've spent the least time with as well. Yeah, I I don't think I've listened. I mean, I've heard songs off of them, but I haven't listened to the entire. Well, you, you're gonna. So. I am I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. And, but yeah. I I want to bring up a comment. Ben said something like he don't think it's as good as the other two. I want to say, even though he thinks it's as good as the other two albums, he did grade this one higher than Hurts Live. Did I know. I thought that too, and I was not going to say it because I'm not an asshole. <laughs> and I know, and I know you've probably busted me doing that same thing. Uh, you know, it's hard, man. I just bring up the data. 
and it says what it says. Sure. Well, that means I have to give it a B now. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> Tracy, you just ruined it. You ruined Rammstein's ability to get into Harvard. B. 82 from Ben. Mm-hmm. All right, so what are we doing next time? Next album we are doing is Converges Jane Doe. Right. That should be something. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Thunderdome Mental Reviews.